I'm Lisa Collins, and welcome to today's broadcast of Real Christianity with attorney Mosley Collins. Have you been badly injured? Do you need wise legal counsel, but you don't know where to turn for help? You should call attorney Mosley Collins at 916-444-4444. Mosley Collins has over 26 years of experience as a lawyer dedicated to helping accident victims like you. He knows the struggle you are going through, and he knows how to fight and win your case. If you have been badly hurt, the last thing you need is another bill. That's why if we take your case, there's never a fee until we win. If you've been hurt and need help, call us at 916-444-4444 or visit our website at www.moseycollins.com. Just remember, that's all fours for legal help. And now, I'm proud to present your brother in Christ and my husband, Mosley Collins. Thank you, darling. Today we're going to talk about the importance of faith. But before I do, I just want to, as I always do, thank you for inviting me into your home, into your car. And let me tell you what a privilege it is to me and an honor to be able to speak with you about the things of God. You know, when we think about the Christian life, how important is faith? How important is faith to you as you attempt to live a life God can bless, a Christian life? Here's what the Bible says in Hebrews 11:6 about the importance of faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Let me read that again, Hebrews 11:6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it's hard to please God? No, it's impossible. Wow. So even if I went to church every day but didn't have faith, I wouldn't please God? Yes, that's correct. So even if I did everything else I could think of but didn't have faith, I couldn't please God? Is that right? Yes, that's what the Bible teaches. So you see how important faith is. Well, what is faith? Faith is a choice. It's a conviction. It's a knowing. It's active. It's not passive. It's a decision based on a deeper truth. It's a response to a revelation from God to you. Now, let me give you an example found in Matthew 6, uh, team, Matthew 16, beginning at verse 13. And let me set this up for you before I read it. Jesus and his disciples had been out preaching and teaching the word of God, and they were moving into a new region. And I imagine they're stopped here, and they're sitting by the side of the road, and they're kind of talking among themselves. And here's what happens, the Bible says, beginning at verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that I, the Son of Man, am? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Then Jesus asked them, But who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said, You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the powers of hell 
will not conquer it. So let me just have a little aside with you and tell you the story of, uh, explain the, the story of the, this reference to the rock. Peter means small rock. And the word, the Greek word, when Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church, the Greek word is huge rock. And so the rock that Jesus is talking about here is not Peter, but the confession that you are the Messiah, the Christ, the son of the living God. That revelation, that confession is the rock upon which Jesus built his church and builds it today. Now, these people were sitting around talking and they had various ideas who Jesus was. You know, I imagine that they were kind of distracted, maybe looking away, but Peter suddenly realized, Peter suddenly, moved by faith, realized who Jesus was because God had revealed it to him. You know, when people looked at Jesus, everyone could see with their natural eyes that this was a man. His name was Jesus. He came from Galilee. But God was willing to reveal a deeper truth to those who would receive it by faith. By faith, Peter saw what God revealed to him, that Jesus was, in fact, the Christ, the chosen one, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And so so. When Jesus asked him, Peter said, you are the Christ. And is at that moment when Peter realizes that Jesus is in fact the Christ, that Peter is born again. You can't be born again without realizing that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, by faith, Peter saw and recognized that. And those who didn't have faith couldn't see it. Those who had not received a revelation from God couldn't see it. They were blind to what the eyes of faith could see. You know, there are many examples of faith in the Bible. There's a list of the men and women of faith and what they did in Hebrews chapter 11, and we'll study that at a later program. But faith is always the same. It is believing in something that can't be seen, that can't be verified by sight or touch or smell or taste. It's believing in something God told you God revealed to you, not your eyes. It was obvious to everyone that Jesus was a man. You could see that with your eyes. That took no faith. But it was not obvious that he was the Christ, the Son of the living God. You could not see that with your natural eyes. It didn't require any faith at all to conclude that Jesus was a man. It did take faith to conclude he was the Son of God. It required trust in God and what God reveals to you, to your heart, to your mind, to your spirit. You know, one of the great early heroes of faith was Noah. Noah lived before the flood. From the beginning of the Bible until Noah's day, there is no record of it ever raining. The Bible says in those days that a mist went up from the ground and watered the whole earth, so it didn't rain. So every day was a blue sky day, a sunny day. But that was going to suddenly change. And here's what we read in Genesis chapter 6, beginning at verse 5. The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and he saw everything they thought of or imagined was consistently and totally evil. So the Lord was sorry he had made them and put them on the earth, and it broke his heart. And the Lord said, I will wipe out this human race I have created from the face of the earth. 
Yes, I will destroy every living thing. Now I'm going to skip down to verse 11. Now God saw the earth had become corrupt and was filled with violence. God observed all this corruption in the world, for everyone on earth was corrupt. So God said to Noah, I have decided to destroy all living creatures, for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe them all out, along with everything that moves on the earth. Build a boat, Noah, from cypress wood and waterproof it with tar inside and out. Then construct the decks and stalls through its interior and make the boat 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. Leave an 18-inch opening below the roof all the way around the boat. Put the door on the side and build three decks inside the boat, lower, middle, and upper. Look, I'm about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every living thing that breathes. Everything on earth will die, but I will confirm my covenant with you. So enter the boat, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring a pair of every kind of animal, male and female, into the boat with you to keep them alive during the flood. Pairs of every kind of bird, every kind of animal, every kind of small animal that scurries along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. And be sure to take on board enough food for your family and all the animals. So Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. You know, as we talked about, up until that time, it had never rained. It had never flooded. But God said to Noah, I'm going to bring a flood on the earth, something you can't see now, something you have never seen, something no one has seen, but this is going to happen. And if you believe me, you will build a big boat. So if you believe in something you can't see, something you have never seen before, if you believe in me and trust in me, you will build this boat to survive the flood. So Noah built the boat, which we call an ark, even though he had never seen rain and had never seen a flood. All this happened in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, however, we read about it. The New Testament comments on it in Hebrews 11.7, and here's what the New Testament says. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became the heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. Now, everything we need to know about faith is contained in this one passage. First, we see that God told Noah something, something he couldn't see, something was going to happen in the future. Secondly, Noah believed and obeyed God, even though his eyes didn't see it. What, no, what God said to him, a flood is coming, was more real to Noah than what his eyes saw, which was a blue sky and a sunny day. He believed God. He acted out of godly fear. And as a result, he saved his family, and God counted him as righteous and began the human race all over with him and his family. Now today, we're just like Noah before the flood. Jesus said he would come again and reign on the earth. It doesn't look like it to our natural eyes. It doesn't look like Jesus is going to come again. Yet the Bible says he will. And Jesus said, I will come back. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24. 
Let me begin at verse 29. Immediately after those, the anguish of those days, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will give no light, and the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then, at last, the sign of the Son of Man is coming, will appear in the heavens, and there will be deep mourning among all the peoples of the earth, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a mighty blast of a trumpet, and they will gather his chosen ones from all over the world, from the farthest ends of the earth and heaven. Now learn a lesson from the fig tree. When its branches bud and its leaves begin to sprout, you know that summer is near. Let me skip down to verse 36. However, no one knows the day or hour when all these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself, only the Father knows. When the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in the days of Noah. In those days before the flood, people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. This is the way it will be when the Son of Man returns. Two men will be working together in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding flour at the mill. One will be taken, the other left. So you too must keep watch, for you don't know the day your Lord is coming. In the passage we just read, Jesus said, just as it was in Noah's day, people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time that Noah entered the boat. And so it's going to be when Jesus returns. Just as God warned Noah, Jesus warns us today. Jesus says, be ready, I'm coming. But we look around, it doesn't look like he's coming back. It sounds to some people like a fairy tale. They don't believe him. They're not getting ready. They're not people of faith. Here's the point. Faith is not about what we can see or touch. That's merely the creation. When I look out my window right now, I don't see God with my natural eyes. I don't see Jesus. I don't see eternal life. I don't see Judgment Day with my natural eyes. Just like Noah didn't see the rain and the flood when he start, started building his big boat on a sunny day. But just like Noah, I know what God says will come to pass. When I look up in the sky, I don't see Jesus coming right now in the clouds of glory with all his angels with him. Just like when Noah looked up, all he saw with his natural eyes was a cloudless day. But Noah knew and believed what God said would come to pass. And like Noah, I know and believe what God said will come to pass. What God said to Noah was more important to him than what he could see. And what God says to you and to me is more important than what we can see with our natural eyes. Just as God warned Noah that everything, everything was coming with the flood and the rain, and just as everything came to pass as God said it would in Noah's day, I want to tell you most assuredly that everything God tells us and everything Jesus warned us about will surely come to pass. Everything will come to pass just as he said it would. Even if it doesn't look like it now, God will answer prayer. He will guide his sheep. Jesus will return. There will be Armageddon. There will be a great white throne judgment. 
There will be a holy city where God and the Lamb dwell, where those who love Jesus and follow him will dwell with him in paradise. There will come a day when God will separate the wheat from the chaff. He will separate the believers from the unbelievers. He will separate those who have faith from those who don't. He will separate those who believed, believed him from those who didn't. And I want you to be in the group that believes God. I want you to be in the group that has faith. Let's take a break. When we come back, I know some of you are worried about your faith. When we come back, I'm going to tell you how to make your faith grow. We hope you are enjoying today's message. The Bible encourages us to win people for Christ. Jesus said we should go and share the good news with the lost. But most of us don't go and win people for Christ because we don't know how. Mosley has recorded a message that tells you how to do this, step by step. It shows you how to lead others to Christ with the sinner's prayer. This message will teach you the sinner's prayer and show you how to use it to win people for Christ. The sinner's prayer is a simple 19-word prayer that sows powerful spiritual concepts into the hearts of those who pray it with you. Concepts like the Lordship of Christ, the forgiveness of sin, and the receiving of Jesus as Savior. You can use this teaching with your family, your friends, and the people you meet to lead them to salvation. To get a free copy of Mosley's teaching on the sinner's prayer, just call us at 916-444-4444. Now let's return to today's message. Thank you, darling. We've been talking about faith, believing God, knowing that what God said will come to pass. And when I talk about faith, dear Christian people sometimes worry their faith is not strong enough, not big enough. So let me ask you, do you know where faith comes from and how to make it grow? The Bible says in Romans 10:17, faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. How simple, how profound. When we hear someone read the Bible out loud to us or preach about Christ, our faith grows. When we read the Bible ourselves, our faith grows. Now I'm going to prove this to you. I'm going to read to you from the Bible and see if it doesn't bring a confidence and an assurance to you as you hear me read it. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now here's one of my favorite passages that I'll read you. It's found in John chapter 14, verses one through three. And this is something Jesus said. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. That passage fills me with confidence. And that's such an amazing passage to me. I think one reason is, about five years ago, my house burned. And in my house, I had scriptures uh, framed on the walls. And the, the fire just 
really ruined everything in the house. They had to completely rebuild it. But there was a scripture in a frame that wasn't ruined by the fire, and we found it among the rubble, and we pulled it out, and I set it down in front of the house so all could read it. And this is what it was. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. That scripture didn't burn up in my house fire, and that scripture will endure through eternity, and the promise will endure through eternity. You know, there's many verses in the Bible we could read that will build our faith. In fact, you could read the whole Bible, but there's certain ones that are important to me and perhaps to you. Here's one that is really meaningful to my mother. It reminds her that God is going to watch over her. It's found in Hebrews 13:5, where God said, I will never leave you or forsake you. And this is what God is saying to you today. I will never leave you or forsake you. Now hearing that, doesn't that build faith in you? Doesn't that build confidence in you? That's how reading the Bible, hearing the Bible, builds confidence, builds faith. I have a dear godly friend who went through a very desperate time when his wife betrayed him. And he came and lived at my house while he tried to get over that terrible, terrible anguish. And he found this verse and he read it over and over. It built his faith that God had a future for him still and that God had not forsaken him. It's found in Psalms 37, verse 25. And here's what it is. Once I was young and now I am old and I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. Once I was young and now I am old and I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. Can you feel your faith growing as you hear this word of God? You see, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. We've talked a lot about faith today. Do you want your faith to grow? Read the Bible. Read a verse of the Bible. Read a page. Read a book of the Bible. Write a scripture on a small piece of paper and put it in your pocket. Pull it out and read it during the day. In Romans 4, 3, we read, Abraham believed God, and God counted it as righteousness. And I have good news for you and for me. God still counts belief, faith, as righteousness. God spoke out loud to Abraham. God speak to us, speaks to us by the Bible. Both are the word of God. Like Abraham, if we believe God, if we have faith, if we're like Noah, if we believe the Bible, God counts that as righteousness and as faith. You know, we began this study and we're going to continue it next week. I pray you walk in faith. I love you and I'll see you here next week. Thank you for joining us for today's message. A free copy of this message is available to you if you call us at 1-800-926-1111. 
916-444-4444. Mosley is available to speak at your church or Bible study. There is never a charge for his ministry. He would love to share with your group. You can get more information and you can reach Mosley with your questions and requests by calling 916-444-4444. We'd love to hear from you, so be sure to call. I'm Lisa Collins, and thank you for joining us, and may God bless you.